pick up basketball game at this church, another church other than Emergence. And there was three times after leaving playing basketball there, on the way home, I got hit with like what I call spirit disillusionment, where I was like, or it could have been a spirit of unbelief, I don't know. He, but what was one, what hit me was, is the gospel real? Is, is this really what life's about? And there's these doubts about my faith. And you had the emotions and, and the thoughts going through your head, and I had this refused to. This is not me. I said, no, this isn't who I am. I'm a believer. Like, I'm full of faith. That's how God made me. I'm a believer. And you had to fight it off, and it, it, it went away. So, but it was trying to entice me to believe the lie and welcome it. And it happens in so many other areas. Fear. Uh, even sexual orientation. I've had a co-worker who was a lesbian. And many of the people that she trained would actually end up becoming or saying that they were lesbians. They were married, heterosexual, had children, they divorced their husbands. And she wasn't even necessarily trying to convince them to be lesbians. But what is there is there's a homosexual spirit, right? And it's like, let me see if I can get this person who has no awareness of the, of the spirit realm and get them to believe that this emotion and this lie is theirs. Demons love to hide where? In darkness. So they would love it if you didn't think that they were real, and then they could just keep you trapped and slave. And, and so what had happened was that spirits getting on women, they're welcoming it, oh, this must be me, it must be true. And so they receive it, and they, and they basically open the door and they leave the lock. Oh, you mind if I share your story real quick? I was here last week. Say what? I thought that Jessica had born baby and you come up here. She'll take any opportunity. So 
demons often leave through the mouth when people are delivered, they can throw up, they can cough, they can yawn. And uh, I, when I've gone through some prayer ministry, I've had some yawning as well at, at the, where I was commanding spirits to do it. But for me, it was like yawning. I've had friends who didn't even believe they had demons end up throwing up in the trash can. And so, again, and sometimes you, and when people scream, what it is, it's like, the reason they're screaming is because it, it just leaves through the mouth for whatever reason. I don't know why. So, even bringing it up can cause like a demon to manifest. And we, we want to, and even next week is going to be focused on limiting in the nuts and bolts of like how to, how to pray for some, someone to cast out a demon, how to do it corporately. But we have to under, kind of understand the why and the, and the how behind what we're doing. And so I want to touch on a few other things uh, this morning before we finish. So we watched the video about that prince, but one of the areas that demons operate is in doctrines. Okay, what is a doctrine? It's a teaching. So just imagine that uh, Satan has curriculum. He wants people to learn. And he wants people to believe. So there's a doctrine. There's doctrines of demons. And doctrines are their belief systems and their ideologies born from Satan and his demons. Um, so 1 Timothy chapter 4 says, Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, explicitly says, In later times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. So, that's why sometimes if you try to talk to somebody who maybe believes in doctrine of demons, you feel like they're not hearing you at all. It's, it's called a, a seared conscience or just a spirit of deception. James chapter 3 says, if you have bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder in every evil practice. So, the, the characteristics of the doctrines of demons are hypocrisy. If it's hypocritical, it's a doctrine of a demon. If it leads to strife, doctrine of demon. Jealousy, doctrine of demon, envy, bitterness. If that, if the belief system is the fruit of that belief system, is those things. Because Jesus is not a hypocrite, right? He's like the only hypocrite. I mean, the only non-hypocrite that's ever lived. <laughs> we all are hypocritical at some point in our life. But demons. They operate in hypocrisy and be like, well, how can you say that? That doesn't make sense. Because if you apply that logic over here, that doesn't work. It's a doctrine of demons. Okay. And it says in the later, and, and so there's, a, there's been a, you know, all this trans, why are there so many kids that think like transgenderism is uh, an option? Is it all these kids being so wounded by their parents that that's kind of what's turning? No, there's 
First of all, there's doctrines of transgenderism, homosexuality, and all that being taught. But there's also this, there's the spirits in those areas have been released to try to deceive as many as possible at a higher level than because people are giving way to it. They're just like, oh yeah. They're not fighting against people did in the past. And so you have to, this is the one of the things that Derek Prince talks about in another teaching. He says, if you want to be delivered, you got to be willing to fight. Meaning you got to be willing to refuse the lie. Go against any emotion, go against any lie. Just like what I was talking about now. I didn't, when, I, when that spirit of disillusionment hit me, I was like, this isn't me. This isn't right. I had to fight against it. I couldn't just be like, please go away. And I told the spirit, I was like, spirit of disillusionment, you got to go. Get behind me, say, if you, even if you don't know the name of it, it's like Satan. You don't get to lie to him anymore. Be gone. I had, um, and he was talking about anytime you worship God, people have images that would pop up into their head and hitting them from worship. When I first gave my life to the Lord, anytime I would close my eyes to pray, I would have images of Jesus and like horrible, horrible uh, sexual images. I wasn't asking for it. And I was never had any homosexual tendencies. And I knew that was a demon. And I would pray Psalm 3 where it says, Lord, break the jaw of the wicked and break his teeth. I didn't know how to cast out demons at that point. But I knew, that, I knew what the word said. And when I, when I was talking about break the, the jaw of the enemy and break his teeth, what I'm saying is, stop him from talking to you. Don't let him, don't let him speak in my mind and don't let him speak in my heart. Don't let him have the ability to talk. And the Lord did break that thing off in two weeks. Just by the word of God. And, and refusing to believe it and standing on the truth just like Jesus said in John 8. So you have to stand. You have to be willing to fight. Another thing about if you want to be delivered is the thing Jesus only delivers you from your enemies. If that sin is a friend, he won't deliver you. It has to be your enemy. You have to not want it there. There's, you know, there's a... Sometimes people are like, I kind of like, I kind of like pornography. Like, well, you're not going to get delivered. Because <laughs> that pornography is your friend, it's not your enemy. So that, to be delivered, that thing has to be your enemy. It can't be your friend. I want to touch on principalities, okay? So you have, demons have hierarchies, just like an army has a hierarchy of authority. So you got generals in the angelic realm and the angels that serve the Lord, and you got generals on Satan's side. These are called principalities. You read Ephesians 6, it talks about basically the levels of authority that we're up against. And so, it says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, cosmic powers of this darkness, evil spiritual forces in the heavens. And so principality is usually, in short, think of it as a demonic spirit that's like a prince over an area. Like a region, it could be a city, it could be a region, it could be even a nation. And you don't go to battle with principalities by yourself. You're not in your prayer closet coming against the spirit of abortion over the United States by yourself. 
Okay? That's something that happens corporately as the body of Christ comes against principalities. So like, if, you know, the church in the city, many might be awakening the churches in this area. If we wanted to come against something, we would coordinate, we would pray, we'd probably fast, and we'd say, Lord, come deliver our city from this time. From the spirit of humanism, the spirit of new age that's over at Athens. Lord, we would come together as the church and pray and fast together. But you're not getting in your closet trying to come against that thing by yourself. And usually principalities are displaced rather than cast out. So if there's a spirit of pride over an area or a city, the way you displace that is the people of God humble themselves. There's a spirit of lust and pornography. You go to Las Vegas and you want to take down pornography and lust in Las Vegas, then you raise up the people who are pure in heart. Okay? You, you save people, you deliver, and you, you disciple people in impurity. So I just wanted to touch on that because you don't want to go to battle with the principality by yourself. And then I want to talk about hardcore idolatry, which is literally worshiping idols, like physical objects, or things that can have spirits attached to them. And so in Acts chapter 19, it says, Many who have become believers came confessing and disclosing the practices. They were, they were in the cult, they were in witchcraft. While many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone. So they calculated the value and found them to be 50,000 pieces of silver. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. In this way, the Lord of the Word flourished and prevailed. And so you had these people in the occult and witchcraft and they had these magic books. And they discerned that these magic books needed to be burned because they were carrying something. They were carrying spirits on them. Again, whenever I was my first year of marriage, I was God delivered me from pornography and from sexual immorality. And the first year that Jessica and I were married, I was having, even though I was out of those things, my dreams Three to four times a night, man, a week, I would have pornographic dreams. Even though I wasn't looking at pornography, I wasn't any kind of sexual sin. So why was, why was I having to battle pornographic dreams? Was well, because I had 17 years of taking in the images, right? And so I repented of those things, and you know, and one of the steps to that, to being delivered from that, was. Anytime I had a pornographic dream, I, I told Jessica and had her pray for me. Because the Lord says she has the most authority to pray for you. And then one morning, and so I was still having them. They were decreasing, but I was still having them. I was like, Lord, is there anything else? Like, and he said, you have an idol in the other room. And I was like, what, what is that? Uh, what's the idol? And I had this picture album from my college days that was like this thick, filled with debauchery. And in the Old Testament, it says when you when you find an idol, you burn it or you pulverize it into dust. And so I, I knew what I needed to do, so I got a tin wash tub, sprayed the picture album, the whole picture album, with lighter fluid, and I burned it. There was an Inuit people up in 
there was rampant suicide, depression. The people cried out for revival. God's he came to this little village and like brought reformation and revival, like genuine revival in this little Indian village. There was so much oppression that their industry was killing elk and, and fishing. The elk wouldn't come around. There was no fish in the water. The land was cursed. And then when they started repenting and all these kids started repenting, what they did is they ended all this death metal music, demonic death metal music. They put it in that this metal trash can, burned all the music, burned all the CDs. Repenting, parents repenting, children repenting. The elk came back, the fish came back. And so it's it's very real, and it can be you know it is. Um, you know, there's been missionaries, I know Peter Wagner, and then things that have been used in, in worship. You may not be worshiping, I think, but there could be some spirits attached to it. So, like, Peter Wagner had a, a relic from Bolivia that was used in ancestral worship. Steve Smith, who's been here before, his father, his grandfather was a missionary in Japan, had ancestral worship idol that was just like, oh, this is kind of like a cool keepsake type thing. Well, they were having nightmares, and the Lord said, get, get rid of that thing your granddad had. And got rid of it, and um, the nightmares. Ended. So, that's called hardcore idolatry, which is actually a physical object that has spirits on it. You, you need to ask the Lord. Not everything that's, you know, I, if I see somebody has like a dream catcher on their rearview mirror, I'm not assuming that they're using that for what Assuming that uh, you really, as in all things, ask the Lord. It's just like Derek Prince said, when it's anger, you need to discern, is it the flesh or is it a demon? Familiar spirits, he touched on this, but um, familiar spirits are, are typically spirits that can follow a, a family. And so, you may have heard people talk about like, yeah, we've, we've got depression in our family. Or we've got addiction in our family. Well, those are things where you have a familiar spirit who kind of, as Derek Prince talked about, will follow along, follow the, the children along. If it's, the, if it's been attached to the parents, they'll follow the children along and look for an opportunity to tempt, to entice them created a door for them to be oppressed in that same way, whether it's addiction, depression, or whatever else. And so it's, these are sins, addictions, bad cycles that can continue through multiple generations. Examples, like I said, addictions, money problems, sickness, injustices. You know, you go to the, you're always getting, you know, it's like your, your family always seems to get worked over by the, uh, the automobile repair shop. Or they get worked over by the RS. You know, you just have like, you're always getting cheated. That can be like a familiar spirit or a curse. Leviticus talks about this. It says, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be followed by them. I am the Lord your God. Then Exodus 34 talks about 
where this is where the Lord declares his characteristics. And he says, I will not leave the guilty unpunished, but bring the father's iniquity on the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. And so, just like we inherited sin from Adam, there's things that can come down through the bloodlines. I, I typically, especially when somebody has given their life to the Lord, I think that, that the curse has been broken through the cross of Christ, but there could be a familiar spirit in that same area that wants to get you back in to the family cycle. 